You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Tom Brady, the most accomplished NFL player in history, is America, the most accomplished country in the history of the planet. America is dying from a culture of an entitlement and the belief that everything is for everybody. Whatever we feel, we believe we should have. Tom Brady wants to have it all, just like most Americans. The problem is we're not meant to have everything because not everything is for everybody. It's a difficult lesson to learn. Brady's learning it. So is America. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend. Uh, my pay your mortgage picks went two for one. I'm on the winning side. Love that. Uh, my Ball State Cardinals took it on the chin in the biggest game of the weekend. That was, that was tough. But other than that, I had an awesome weekend, and I'm so happy uh, that we're back here on this Monday. We have a very very, very special Monday plan for you. TJ Moe is in studio uh, with me today. Steve Kim and Jason Brown will be here to help me talk some NFL football. Uh, but I got something extra, extra special planned uh, for us today. We're going to have the first annual cookout. Uh, and so today's show, this football show, will air a little earlier. Uh, in the day, about an hour before our normal start time. And then we have a very special live show uh, tonight with Delano, Shamika Michelle, uh, TJ Moe, Pastor Anthony Walker, the actor Nick Searcy uh, will be here, the country rocker singer Aaron Lewis will be here, and our friend the rapper Bryson Gray will be here. Uh, we're having the first annual cookout, I wouldn't even say annual, the first cookout panel discussion. We're going to talk about some of the issues uh, facing America, facing black America, surrounding the family. Uh, and then we're going to hear from Aaron Lewis. We'll hear from Nick Searcy. Nick's got a documentary uh, about called Capital Punishment. I believe it's about January 6th. We'll get into that. Uh, Aaron Lewis, always, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite artists. He made the song, Am I the Only One, A True Patriot. Can't wait to talk with him. And Bryson Gray will be here to help us with the discussion. But if we're having a cookout, you know what that means? That means we're having Good Ranchers. We're participating in Good Ranchers' Oktoberfeast. We had them send over a big, huge bundle, box of meats, all of it raised, cultivated, developed right here in America. We are going to have our October feast with the cookout tonight. Halloween's just a week away, and you guys are all getting shocked and surprised. You go to the grocery store, you, you buy that mystery meat. It says it's made here in the USA, USDA approved and all that other crap. It's got all kinds of spooky bacteria. You never know what the price is going to be. But you know what? If you shop with Good Ranchers, you always know what your price is. You can lock in your price for the lifetime of your subscription when you order Good Ranchers. If you participate in this October feast, you can get over four pounds of meat for free. Two pounds of their Wagyu ground beef, which I can't wait to have tonight. Two and a half pounds of their better than organic chicken, which I can't wait to have tonight. Free with any purchase of their bundle boxes. We just got one delivered here. Can't wait to cook it up. To sweeten this deal even more, you'll get an extra two pounds of American Wagyu ground beef with orders over $300 in value. Treat yourself this Halloween and head on over to goodranchers.com fearless to claim your special October feast offer today. 
Good Ranchers lets you save $25 on every box and locks in your price when you subscribe. Put it into your terrifying meat buying experiences by visiting GoodRanchers.com fearless and get over four free pounds of high quality beef and chicken. The real monster isn't in your closet. It's in your local grocery store. Take control over your food with an October feast from Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Join us tonight for the cookout where we're going to be dining on Good Ranchers, cooked right here in the studio. Put your money where your mouth is. Take all the mystery out. Support a sponsor that sponsors us, supports our lifestyle, our worldview. Good Ranchers, you can't do any better than that. Mm. All right. Uh, now I want to start uh, this fire. And I'm going to have uh, TJ Moe uh, fan the flames first. Then we'll roll out to Los Angeles and bring in Steve Kim and talk some more NFL. Uh, but I'm going to start by talking a little bit about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, you know, he lost his third straight game. The biggest lie destroying America is the belief that we can have it all, that we're entitled to everything we feel. The belief undergirds the transgender movement, same-sex marriage, drag queen story hour, feminism, the matriarchy, critical race theory, reparations, diversity, inclusion, and equity. And it also, the collapse of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs lost their third game in a row Sunday afternoon, losing 21-3 to the tanking, the tanking, the Carolina Panthers, who just gave away Christian McCaffrey, who are playing their third or fourth string quarterback. The Bucs lost 21-3 to those guys. The Bucs have lost four of their last five games. Seven games into the season, Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sit at three and four. No one is mistaking them for a Super Bowl contender. Maybe new Tampa coach Tom, uh, Todd Bowles deserves some of the blame, but I don't see it. The fall of the Bucs is on their seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Tom Brady thought he could have it all. An endless football career, supermodel wife, kids, and more fun and autonomy on the football field than Bill Belichick allows. He had all of that for one year. Two years ago, he won a Super Bowl title in Tampa. He proved for a moment that he was bigger and more important than Belichick's highly structured New England system. That's the thing about a good lie. It mimics the truth before revealing its ugly consequences. You can't have it all. Adam and Eve learned, the, learned this in the garden. A properly functioning human, family, society, and football team all require limits. Brady has greatly exceeded his limits. He can still play the game at a relatively high level. His fall isn't on father time. It's a result of his unchecked desire to have it all. The desire to have it all causes man to reject his most important covenants. Adam and Eve disobeyed God because they wanted it all. Brady sacrificed his marriage covenant to continue on as a football player while simultaneously sacrificing his football covenant to spend more time with his wife and kids. Brady became the most accomplished football player of all time because of his willingness to submit to Belichick's no one is above the team culture. He left New England so he could be above the team. In Tampa Bay, Brady gets Wednesdays off from work. He missed 11 days of training camp to handle personal matters. The most all-in NFL player of all time is now a part-time player. He works on Sundays. Brady's mentality and approach have spoiled Tampa's culture. The 52 other players on the roster are following their on-field leader. Brady ate the forbidden fruit of entitlement and privilege. Now everyone on Tampa's roster wants a bite. There's a lesson here for all of us. Tampa Bay is America, the most accomplished country in the history of the planet. America is dying from a culture of entitlement and the belief that everything is for everybody. Whatever we feel, we believe we should have. Fat people believe they should wear thongs and speedos on the beach. If you object, you're demonized as a fat shamer. I'm fat. I should not wear a speedo on the beach or even in the comfort of my living room. Same-sex attracted men and women believe they should be married. 
The concept of marriage is derived from the Bible. The Bible spells out that marriage is a sacred covenant to be shared between a man and a woman. Not everything is for everybody. Bruce Jenner believes he's a woman. He underwent several surgeries and changed his name to create the false reality that he's a woman. He dates women. He wants it all. It's all a slippery slope straight to hell and chaos. That's why many elementary school teachers spend more time talking about their sex life and gender with kids rather than reading, writing, and arithmetic. The unchecked desire to have whatever the mind conceives leads to anarchy. There's no magic pill to prevent the consequences of gluttony and disobedience. You can only delay the suffering. America suffers today because for at least the last 60 years, we've rejected common sense and biblically backed limitations on acquiescing to what we feel. The political left feels like the economic and educational outcomes should be better for American black people. They've adopted critical race theory and diversity, inclusion, and equity as intellectual tent poles to generate the outcomes they deem just. The Bible prescribes a different solution. It teaches that commitment to family is at the root of all sustainable success. Too many black men and women have bought the feminist lie that marriage is a luxury item at best and more likely an anchor on happiness and fulfillment. It's not a coincidence that Tom Brady's career and family are collapsing at the same time. He violated sacred covenants in pursuit of a football legacy that could go no higher. Men need to quit lying to themselves and adopting the mindset of feminist women. Real men accept the proper limitations on their desires and live accordingly. It's okay if you previously failed to live as a real man. I certainly made that mistake. I pursued everything I desired to excess. It's not too late to change. The Bucks hope Tom Brady does. That's my fire. TJ Moe, uh, thank you for being here in Nashville with me today. Uh, have, I, have I nailed uh, what I think is going on with uh, Tom Brady? Oh. I I think there's no question. I think his body language on the field and the body language of everyone else on the field demonstrates that he's not in, right? And we sort of saw this coming to some degree. Uh, the TB12 method was his nice little way of saying, hey, my way's better. He started this when he was in New England. And so he's got his way of doing it. And as you point out, I, I love the way you phrase it, the, um, I actually don't have the phrase, but like the idea of a lie works for a season and then you're found out and Tom Brady's been found out and it's happening all at once. And you, you can you can argue that his marriage and his family falling apart is actually what's causing his on field play issues. But I don't think so. I think he's playing fine. I think everyone around him is playing terrible because they know he's not in and he's not there to to help them coach the way that he always has. He's always been able to put his arm around guys that weren't very good. Forever, New England had a bunch of undrafted guys that were in the right spot at the right time that wouldn't have made it anywhere else, but they're pretty good with Tom Brady, and he's not doing that. And everything's falling apart all at once because he's undermined every value that he demonstrated on the way to the top. Yeah, he helped set a tone and a culture in New England that made them successful for 20 straight years. Mm -hmm. And then he decided, you know what? I don't want, I want to have more fun. I want to, and I get that urge. I, I get it that, hey, this structure and at my age, I don't need to be treated like this. I need more autonomy, more freedom. I need special little, you, you got to bow to the fact that I'm 40 now and I've done all this and I don't need to practice as much. And I don't, it, it's like that whole culture he disavowed. And I'm telling you, year one, he looked like the smartest guy on the planet. And the phrase was, a lie mimics the truth before eventually revealing its ugly consequences. And that's what's happening with Tom Brady. That one year, they caught lightning in a bottle, and it did, it worked in Tampa 
feel like they, they got a tiny bit lucky, but it worked. I'm not going to knock it. But over the long haul, Tom Brady not realizing that that culture is what made him great, what made his teammates great, what made that system work, and thinking, yeah, you know what, I don't need all these rules and regulations. I need more freedom. Mm. I need to be able to do what I feel <clears throat> is the right thing. Belichick has a system that removes feelings from the equation, and it's just a set of rules and principles that whoever you plug in here, this is gonna give them the best chance at being their best self. And Belichick, and I don't care if Belichick never wins another Super Bowl. He's right about his system and culture. Those 20 years uh, that they put together, he and Tom Brady, Brady made a mistake leaving that. Sure did. He, 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 he should have either stayed, but bottom line, I believe he should have retired. Yes. That, that retire because he, this whole thing of trying to prove that I'm more than Belichick or I need another Super Bowl and another Super Bowl, none of that compares if he were able to pull off a 50-year marriage. That's right. And that accomplishment, much more difficult. I wish he needs to be as competitive. And, and I say this as a center and a fall person who, who never even got in that arena, got in that fight. And, you know, I regret that and wish I had. But that's the ultimate Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And, and his kid, you know, losing, and look, who knows, I'm sure there's mistakes on Giselle's side, but it seems like Giselle went all in on giving up her career and being a mother, and, and she's looking for a husband that's willing to go all in on the family the way he seems or used to be willing to go all in on football. So... <clears throat> Belichick, I, I love the description. Belichick set up a system that works for everyone. Tom Brady, in both his marriage and in football, is setting up a system that works for him. And that's it. And that's why you're seeing everybody abandon him. So he's setting up a system with Giselle that says, I'll retire, you got me for a good week, and then I'm going back. Right? I'll set up a system where I don't have to practice on Wednesdays, where I will compare my job to being in military deployment, although I do get to go to weddings on the weekends. <laughs> And I'm going to skip our walkthroughs. I'm not going to take the team plane, right? <clears throat> He's setting up a system that works for Tom. And his life is crumbling around him. I mean, truly, I, th I think it's that simple. Belichick set up a system that was good for everyone. And that means, Tom, you're not practicing so that Tom can be better. You're practicing so that everybody's on the same page. And if we need you there to correct somebody, you and your 20 years of knowledge will be there to do that every Wednesday. And then you're going to be there in the walkthrough to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing. I brought up a play with Leonard Fournette in the middle of the game uh, a couple weeks ago where he's telling him what the coverage is. You could have told him that during the walkthrough. Here's what's going to be coming. Here's what the tendencies are on third and three. Here's how we play this game. And guys would rally around him. But I'm telling you, it's no coincidence that Mike Evans is dropping passes when he's open by 11 yards and he gets up limping like he just ripped his hamstring. That sort of stuff begins to happen when guys don't have the same accountability that they had before. Ah, sorry, Tom, you're not in. Also, that was my hamstring. It wasn't really me that dropped the ball. No worries. There's zero accountability across the board. And, and I'm telling you, that's happening in the family. It may have happened in the family first, which has now led him into the football arena where this isn't the Tom Brady. If this Tom Brady would have showed up in year 2000, he would not be a household name. And so... People will hear this and we're being hypercritical of Tom Brady. And, and I would just say how I ended my mono, he does have a chance to course correct. It's never over for any of us. We all make these mistakes. It, it, it sounds like it's a bridge too far with he and Giselle, but, you know, who knows? People have now hired retire. Yeah. People. She, I, I, She'd take him back in a heartbeat if he'd show some humility. You think so? I, if you said, listen, I'm getting rid of my lawyer. I, they've both hired attorneys at this point, according to all the tabloids. He said, I'm getting rid of it. I'm, where are you? I'll see you there in five minutes. I, I know I'm letting down my team, but I'll let down my team before my family every day of the year. So you, you would like to see him retire right now, right in the middle of the season. <sighs> I, I, I Who's think your commitment to? 
God and your family and the covenant you took, hopefully before God, are a team that you walk back to and force the retirement of a coach. I get all that. I'm telling you, I'm abandoning every man that's ever existed before I'm <laughs> abandoning my wife. I, I, I get it and, and agree with you, but man, that would be tough on... But on stuff that I guess just doesn't matter because he... he Go save he, your family, man. Football ain't worth it. And just tell the truth. I was selfish. Yep. And you know what? I apologize, guys. We won a Super Bowl. I was selfish. I made a mistake. Uh, yeah, I, I would... I would just Grow old, you got 50 more years with Giselle, or you got two or three more years with Mike Evans, who you willing to upset. And you say, I'm really sorry. And we all talk about it and, and debate. And then for the rest of his life, he says, I saved my marriage. It wasn't worth an eighth Super Bowl. Well, he's not getting an A's. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, we're going to uh, pause here and bring Steve Kim into the conversation. But before we do that, uh, I want to tell you about what's important to me. Uh, you know, as important to me as Tom Brady's marriage is to him, it's my relationship with Preborn. One out of every five Americans never have a chance to live outside the womb because of an abortion. It's the leading cause of infant death in the world. Over 63 million babies have been aborted just since Roe v. Wade was enacted, and a lot more will be aborted in its wake. The Ministry of Preborn has partnered with us here at The Blaze. We're out to save 50,000 babies' lives in 2022. Preborn's already saved nearly 200,000 lives. They've counseled more than a half million women. They come in and they provide these ultrasounds that show the baby's heartbeat to the mother. This has an incredible impact on the expecting mother. 80% of the time, once they hear that heartbeat, they choose life. Then preborn comes in and provides everything they need, diapers, baby clothes, cribs, counseling, everything they need. They do it free of charge. They walk the mother through the pregnancy, give her the support that she needs. It's an amazing organization. I, I wanna, some of you are reaching out to me over email and I so greatly appreciate it because you're reaching out to me over email at fearlessblazeshow, fearlessblazeshow at gmail. You've been sending me these emails. Jason, I gave money to Preborn. Thank you for inspiring me. And nothing makes me feel better than when, when guys write me emails or ladies write me emails talking about they gave to preborn. The only email that rivals that is some of you have been emailing me saying, I've strengthened your walk with God and that I've, you know, I've rekindled your faith in God. Or, I don't even want to talk about it because it ain't me, it's this show. And because it, it, it's TJ, it's Delano, it's Dave Shannon, it's, it's uh, Royce, it's Pastor Anthony, it's everybody. It's Uncle Jimmy. You can go all the way back to Uncle Jimmy, Pastor Bobby Harrington, Greg Cow, everybody that's contributed to this show. Steve Kemp, uh, we've created a show here that is inspiring men to do the right thing, and it, it humbles me and energizes me and makes me get up in the morning, and supporting preborn is a big, big part of that. Uh, and so I, I need you guys to pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's one way to give. Or you can go to preborn.com slash fearless. That's the way I prefer to give. You've seen me do it on this show. I've inspired some of you to do it on the show. When you go to that preborn.com slash fearless, the reason why I like you to do that, and either way works, pound 250, say the word baby, that works. But I like for you to go to preborn. Because I am greedy about this. There's a little area when you fill out, you can say, where'd you hear about Preborn from? And you can say, Jason Whitlock, Fearless Show. I love it when you do that. I get extra credit when you do that. Uh, but keep sending me those emails. You're inspiring me. You're giving me the strength. I was on my Stairmaster for 55 minutes, uh, 52 minutes yesterday uh, during football. And then, TJ, I started adding, I'm doing planks afterwards. Mm. And so my... My core, I was doing this all during the football games yesterday. I can really feel it here in my core and the rest of my body. 
But it's, it's all like, I want to be the best soldier for God and organizations like Preborn. So I got to keep staying on this weight loss journey and getting in better shape right. so that we can save more babies' lives. Uh, so anyway, pound 250, say baby, or preborn.com slash fearless. Credit this show. Thank you so much. You can email me feedback. When you do that, email me at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Love to hear about you giving and supporting Preborn. Uh, don't miss the cookout tonight. We're hosting the first ever cookout live tonight after today's show. I've already told you guys about it. Make sure you're there at 6 p.m. tonight. Special live show. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Steve Kim, the Korean Cosell. Thanks. All right, welcome back. Let's bring in everybody's favorite sports commentator, the Korean Cosell, uh, Steve Kim. Uh, Steve, uh, the other thing I keep getting in emails is people love Steve Kim, man. <laughs> I got to put some bad mojo on you. People want you to take over the show. Uh, they think you're better than me. Uh, that's not a good thing, Steve. That's not a good thing. I, I'm oh, more I meant to be a Pippin than a Jordan. You are the Jordan. I'm more like, you know, if I had goggles on, I'd be Horace Grant. If I started cross-dressing, I'd be Dennis Rodman. <laughs> or if I was, like, small and a little bit skinny, I'd be B.J. Armstrong. Hey, I'm just playing my role here on this dynasty. It's what I do. I just collect rings. Well, well you're, you're, yeah, you're the Robert Ory of uh, talk shows. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, Steve, I want to play this clip of, of Tom Brady after yesterday's game and get your reaction. We're just, uh, I know we talked uh, about execution the other day and it still comes up. You know, I think we just all have to do our job better. So there's no easy way about it. It's, you know, they're trying to keep us from doing our job. We're trying to do it. And uh, they're doing a better job than we are. It's anytime you score three points, that pretty much sums it up. It's, you know, you come off the field, and, and I'm sure there was a lot of things we didn't do right. So um, no one feels good about where we're at. No one feels good about how we played or what we're doing. So we all got to, we're all in it together, man. We got to go pull ourselves out of it. Steve, I know you sent me a note. You think Father Time is catching up with Tom Brady. I don't think it's father time. I still think he can play. I think his attitude is catching up with him. Well, look, I think it's a little bit of everything. It's never just one thing. But starting with the time where Tom Brady took that hiatus from training camp, this has been bad. This has been bad mojo. I didn't like it. As a quarterback, you better be there. First of all, you're not hitting. You're not getting jostled. You're not doing Oklahoma drills. You are the quarterback. You pretty much have it easier than anyone outside of somebody that kicks or punts the football. As a leader, which you chose to be, by forsaking your marriage and saying, hey, I, I want to play football, you better live up to this responsibility. Um, so far, he hasn't gone into that whining stage yet, but you chose to be here. So I want you to be Tom Brady the way you are, but I'm just telling you from a physical standpoint, as I paraphrase the late, great Dandy Don, Don, Don Meredith, turn out the lights, the Brady's over. They say all good things must come to an end. Turn out the lights. Brady's over. He looks like Muhammad Ali, not against Larry Holmes. Yesterday, he looked like Muhammad Ali against Trevor Burbick in the Bahamas. He threw more bounce passes than prime Isaiah Thomas. It looked bad. But in all fairness, though, this is where they have to help him. Now, that play right there on the first drive, that deep post to Mike Evans, that could have changed the whole game just psychologically and mentally. But here's a stat. The Bucks yesterday had 49 passing attempts. That's a lot. And I get it. They fell behind a little bit at the end. They only ran the ball 16 times, one of them being a Tom Brady rush. Take a little pressure off this old guy. And I get it. The offensive line may not be able to create a consistent run game because they are banged up. But there's a common theme that I'm seeing even with guys like Aaron Rodgers. But most quarterbacks, the more they have to throw and that pass-run ratio becomes really stilted in one direction towards the pass, you put a lot of pressure on that guy. And look, I think it's safe to say that Tom Brady is still very good. 
but there is diminishing physical capabilities. So once in a while, it's not bad to just hand the ball off and try to move the chains, make it a little bit easier on this guy. TJ wants Tom Brady to retire right now. Yesterday. No. Oh, yes. no. oh yesterday, yes. right now. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> I-, I wanted your reaction to that. I'm not – I'm not uh, – I you, get where you, he's coming from. I'm talking very, to two single guys. Yeah. So let's yeah. acknowledge that I'm telling you, if your wife was walking out the door, you should be running after her, particularly when you've won seven Super Bowls and don't have an ounce of anything left to prove. Steve? Oh, this would be the worst no moss since Roberto Duran in Louisiana during the Ray Leonard rematch. No, <laughs> no, you hang in there. You want to be a football guy, you act like a football player. And by the way, here's the difference. Tom Brady, fortunately, unlike other guys, most of us working stiffs, us average Joes, he can go from a supermodel and then upgrade. No, Tom, if you don't want to be married, don't be married. You're okay. You have He wants to be married, Steve. Huh? He wants to be married. He wants to be married to Giselle. Giselle is the one driving this. No, no, he doesn't. His actions, your actions tell me more than words. He said, honey, I'm retired. Agreed. This is why I want him to retire. No, 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 no. He said way back in, I think, February, honey, I want to spend more time with you and the kids. And then right around March, he changed his mind and wanted to be a football player. He wanted to be a quarterback of the National Football League, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That doesn't show me he's a guy that wants to be married. And here's what we do not know, gentlemen, being serious just for one minute. Maybe that marriage had been on the rocks for a while. I mean, this is a bumpy flight. Maybe there had been a lot of turbulence. Maybe football was the only thing keeping that marriage afloat because of the downtime, absence making the heart grow fonder. And maybe Tom just one more time wanted to experience what it's like to get out there with his boys, experience the camaraderie. And then Giselle, she went walking out the door. Who knows? Maybe Tom is in his own mind is thinking, you know what? I'm kind of relieved. I didn't want to do it this way. But it Steve, had to be done. Steve, what? weren't your parents married for a long time? Right. And once it was over, it was over. It's okay. How long it's were like, they married? How long were they, they married? Let's see. They were married for over, I think, over 20 years because they got divorced right around the time that I graduated high school. So I got my childhood with them. I have no ill feelings. If you guys were that miserable, break apart. We're good. Marriages, in theory, are supposed to be forever. But you know what? This ain't key sweat. You can't make it last forever. And these are not like Supreme Court justice nominations. Steve. They are not lifetime. I'm just Steve, saying. Steve, you can make it last forever. You certainly can. Ugh. People that, that, that really? For, uh, really? look, for, for the history of the United States now, we've decided it can't last forever, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's why our divorce rate's going through the roof. Instead, we used to have arranged marriages all throughout history all through the bible you had arranged marriages that lasted forever if you choose to be humble and you choose to follow the bible again it's it's proverbs 31 if you're a woman uh if it's a man you love your wife the way that god loves the church those things lead to marriages tom brady i don't think is a practicing catholic but he was a catholic once upon a time his father i think his, his his parents who are practicing catholics are still together Right. And it's as soon as you decide that you're Uh, go ahead, Steve. In theory, you are right. But we do not live in a fairy tale. Ike and Tina. Ask, ask, ask Tina if that marriage should have lasted forever. Okay, Uh, (laughs) OJ and Nicole. How did that work out? Just just giving you some examples. This is what I do. So I bring to the table, Crank Cosell. It's uncomfortable, but you know what? This is the inconvenient truth. Some marriages are meant to break apart. And maybe Tom and Giselle, we do not know. No, they're not meant to break apart. We break them apart. They're not meant to break apart. What did we do? What did we do? And look. We are. Oh, God. (laughs) This this is ridiculous. I I think OJ, as he was holding that knife, probably not (laughs) loving Nicole the way God loved the church. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Here. Oh my God, Steve, you, you, you have you have taken this off the rails. I want to try. Hey, are we what giving Todd Bowles a pass here? Are we giving Todd Bowles a pass? Does he deserve some blame here? Of course he does. Look, he's the head coach. He's the captain of the ship, and he as a as a respected football guy who sees Tom Brady every day in practice, and he understood 
The training camp was very disjointed. And then also, we have to be fair, the offensive line is banged up. However, when you have a quarterback who's still pretty good but has diminishing skills because that's what's to be expected at age 45, again, run the ball once in a while because it's having an effect on the defense. And I see this a lot. I don't know if it's the analytics of football, but a good running game does two things. That, And, again, it's an old-school mindset, but I am old. Number one, it helps your quarterback. It keeps the chains moving. But it also keeps the defense fresh and off the field. And I see too many games where these quarterbacks are all thrown for 40-plus times. And, you know, it's interesting. It's dinking and dunking, but it doesn't score all that many points and it's not all that efficient. And if you don't complete a high percentage of passes, which nowadays is right around 70%, you end up putting that defense on the field for a lot of plays. I, the, this is on Todd Bowles. He's the head coach, just like any of his 31 other colleagues. The results and the way your team performs, yes, that's on him. I put no blame on Todd Bowles. I really don't. I, I He's in, he's got this Tom Brady situation. It's I don't think any coach could manage what's going on with Tom Brady. Bill Belichick could. Mm. Bill Belichick uh-huh. wanted to get rid of Tom Brady for all of these reasons. He could see the guy wanted, and so, so that's how he dealt with. So it. to Steve's point, I would blame Byron Leftwich before I would blame okay. Todd Bowles for what's going on in the. Oh, you think Byron Leftwich can tell Tom Brady what to do? Uh, I think he's <laughs> calling the plays. I think Todd Bowles. If the, if you're going to blame a coach, it's not Todd Bowles, who's a defensive coordinator by trade. So he's not up there scheming up what what comes and goes. I will tell you. Uh, if we're going to blame Todd Bowles for anything, it's for saying, oh, yeah, Tom, take Wednesdays off. I got no problem with that. Do, do whatever you want. It's all good. He, Tom Brady got Bruce Arians fired. Yes. And so you think, oh, you think Todd Bowles is going to put a draw line in the I think you should have a nutsack if you're a head football coach. But, TJ, If TJ, you have one, minute. you don't get that job. Then, TJ, it ain't worth the job worth having. By the way, what, last thing, Steve, because we, we've talked about this before. There's no evidence that Todd Bowles is a good coach. Zero. All right, he because had a decent run had, in New York. No, he didn't. He had well, one no, good he year. Didn't. He was ten and, and, and six. And, and, then he was five and eleven, five yeah. and eleven, four and twelve, and got fired. He sucked. TJ, about the Wednesdays off. There's a lot of veteran players though that have earned that day off. Like I think Andrew Whitworth with the Rams. Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, well, okay. The greatest quarterback ever. He's 45. Look, Tone setter. Tone setter for your whole I, I don't, culture. Yeah, how's it working out for him? Well, okay, but to say that he's the only guy that gets a day off, it, it's simply not true, guys. Factually, let's say Again, uh, you know what. Let me tell you what you're arguing. What you're arguing is Bill Belichick announcing. You know what, guys? I'm gonna take Wednesdays off. Turn it over to my assistants. <laughs> Would you be okay with that? No, because he's the coach. It, you, you're comparing apples. So is to Tom. Orange. He's the quarterback. Uh, he's okay. the quarterback. It's almost he gets paid more than the coach. He sets the tone just like the coach. He doesn't get to take well, Wednesdays one, off. One additional thing, Stephen. You just argued this. <clears throat> this is the quarterback position where these other guys are taking Wednesdays off as maintenance days. It's because their okay. bodies are falling apart and they can't go out and practice. Tom Brady's taking it off because he wants to take his kids to the water park. Okay, but you're telling me a guy that's played over 20 years in a quarter in a position you still get hit. It's not like kicker or punter. And I, I know they protect the quarterbacks, but still, there has to be a little bit of give. Look, I didn't like that hiatus from the training camp. I really didn't. I absolutely hated the fact you didn't take the team plane up to Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago. That's where I draw the line. But again, there are players of veteran distinction that have been given days off this is nothing I know, unusual but here's what you here's what you sound like you, you sound mm-hmm. like uh well i didn't like whitlock eating that double cheeseburger and i really didn't like him eating that uh hot chicken sandwich but i'm okay with the french fries that, that's what you said the french fries mm-hmm. are the indicator of the double cheeseburger <laughs> and the hot chicken sandwich no, <laughs> no. Wednesdays no. off are the French fries, and it's an indication that he's going to go to a wedding and skip walkthroughs, and he's going to take 11 days off during training camp. Steve, he's not sore on Mondays. All right, they're not allowed to touch Tom Brady. I, 
half of the, 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 the closest thing he'll get to being sore on Monday is if his shoulder's a little stiff from throwing the ball 60 times trying to win the game. That's Tom Brady on Sunday, or on Mondays. And so the, the other part of it, it's like we're seeing, this would have happened, this would happen across the league if you ever let quarterbacks have that day off. Players around you start to crumble. Nobody's playing well. In fact, I disagree with you about Father Time catching up to Tom Brady because I don't see any physical deterioration. His arm looks good. And he was never a good athlete, so it's not like he's slowing down with his feet. His problem is the people around him aren't performing because he's not there to help guide them through it like he's done for the last 20 years. When you have seven Super Bowl rings and been to 10, you're telling me you get treated like an average quarterback, really. You really believe If you want to win. If you want to win. I, I, I mean, completely. look, I know we give you special treatment around here. But you that's do? because you've earned really? uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? That's news yeah. to me. I, I want to move on. Let me move on to another high-profile quarterback. Let me move on to another high-profile. Aaron Rodgers, uh, man, mm. they've mm. lost three mm. straight. Uh, they got Buffalo next week. Let's listen to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he thinks playing Buffalo is a good thing. Right, it does. I'm not, I'm not worried about this squad. In fact, this might be the best thing for us uh, this week. You know, nobody's going to give us a chance. Going to Buffalo and Sunday night football, the chance to get exposed, shoot, might be the best thing for us. Hmm. Mm. This, this reminds some people of 2016. They started off four and six. He said run the table. They ran the table. Uh, you think they should be panicking in Green Bay, Steve? Yes. Uh, Aaron, it's O-V-E-R for this season. I'm sorry. I tried to give this a shot, and I'm going to point something out again. Packers, 35 passing attempts, 12 rushes. I actually like the running game. I actually like the running backs, Dylan and Jones. That's a great one-two combo. You, th- you run the ball 12 times, and I've never believed in Alan Lazard as a number one receiver. And I know he got knocked out. Dobbs, I like, but he's still got to find his way. Had some key, I don't want to say drops, but you got to hold on to that ball in tough situations. And that thing looks disjointed. And again, I'm going to, I want to get an answer. Was there a way to salvage that relationship with Devontae Adams? Because right now, I don't see a Jordy Nelson. I don't see a James Jones. I don't see a Greg Jennings. And there's too many times when Rodgers is dropping back. And you could tell guys are not where they need to be, and there is no trust. I would never really count out Aaron Rodgers, but this is where he's got to be a little bit more of a nurturing guy and really gather this young group of guys and say, guys, we got to get on the same page because yesterday what I saw was alarming because it just didn't look right. Uh, Aaron is not the problem on this team, which means he has no real control over getting anything fixed. In fact, he a report came out last week, I don't know how reputable the, the reporter was, said he's certainly retiring after this season. And so this was somebody in, I mean, a blue check, but that doesn't mean anything nowadays. And so he said, this is it. He signed his two-year contract, but he's just gonna do one here. And you know, he's on podcasts, I don't know if it was Pat McAfee or whatever, talking about the flaws in this offense. He's like, look, I grew up in the West Coast offense. That, there are no flaws in that offense. There's always somewhere to go. He's like, I, I tell Matt, there's flaws, man. There's stuff we can't do. There's shortcomings in this offense. And so we just got to work through them. And he got nobody to throw it to. You, you could argue that his best receiver is his running back. And so you're in real trouble. And to, he, he's, he's running around trying to get things figured out, and he's completely limited by the people around him. We, we again, don't have any evidence that Matt LaFleur is actually a good coach either. At this point, he's just been running around on, on the ability of Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. Steve, uh, very quickly, uh, were you inspired by Dak Prescott's play on Sunday? No, I mean – and again, I'm going to go back to this. This is the theme. Cowboys, 25 passing attempts. So they kind of ran a Cooper Rush offense. 32 running attempts. Guess what, guys? I think they would have won the game with Cooper Rush if they had the same game plan. Um, there was some rust. I thought Dak missed some throws. Could you say it's rust or is it Dak being Dak? But as long as that quarterback, whoever it is, whether it's Dakota or whether it's Rush, as long as they don't turn the ball over, they protect the ball, and they stay patient on the ground and realize 
that, look, we're not going to be the most explosive, fancy offense and let that defense do what they do and they don't put them in holes. They're going to win games. Um, but, again, I thought Dak was okay. He was solid, efficient. Will he need to be better if they really want to go deep into the playoffs? Yes, and that is the last hurdle for Prescott. Can you do it in January and early February? Thank you, Steve. I got to let you go. Later in the week, Steve, I'm going to have you back. I'm going to talk about why you can't win football in Detroit. Can't, you can't build an NFL winning environment in Detroit. I got a whole theory on that. Uh, get your Fearless Army swag. Shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Oh, we're going to go out to the last chance queue. Jason Brown. It's my obligation on hate discrimination raising up your hands for freedom. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back. Uh, Let's bring in Last Chance U, Last Chance Q, uh, quarterback guru, Jason Brown, uh, one of my favorites on Monday, or probably my favorite on Monday. Uh, JB, welcome back to the show. Uh, last night in a game that was hyped, Tua Tungviola made his return to the football field and looked good for about a quarter and then didn't look so good, in my opinion. What did you see from uh, Touchdown Tua last night? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I still think he's uh... – <clears throat> Man, really reckless uh, early on. I think they had to get into his ear early on and let him know you need to. Be- you better start sliding uh, real quickly here. I don't know. Like there's an old adage, Jason. When you play the position of quarterback, we always used to say, "Hey, let's get hit, and once we get hit and make that first contact, we'll be all right. Uh, we'll get back in the flow." I don't believe that was intended for you to go head up with their safety and linebacker. I don't know if that's the same thing as taking a hit in the pocket and now getting kind of, uh, you know, welcome to the game, so to speak. I think that was a little bit reckless. And I'm just like, man, for for a league that talks and preaches safety, 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 it was very, very uh, odd to see him out there, number one. Number two, him doing what he was doing, head up. Going into the defense, I thought was very, very uh, risky. And I just, I don't want to see that, man, because we've already seen what can happen. And uh, it, I agree it was, with the second part of your comment. I don't agree with the first. Seeing him back out there play, that standard operating procedure in football been going on for years. I do think his ego or something was, he was out there trying to prove something to everybody. And himself. Maybe me. And I think it's important. I loved it. I thought he should go head first, but not for no reason. When the, the play that everybody's talking about was head first trying to get a first down to go win the game. And I'm good with that. And you proved to everybody that just because the, the last time you left the field was on a stretcher doesn't mean you're going to change the way that you play. You don't fear these guys. Now, there is a time to slide, but that wasn't it. Mm, JB? Brother, you must not own an NFL franchise. Because that sounds like, <laughs> sounds like a very ignorant statement coming from you, my brother. I just got to be honest with you. First of all, he wasn't trying to win the football game in the first quarter. And he wasn't going for it on fourth and one, diving into the safety. That is, the, that is first and foremost. Secondly, when have you seen your franchise quarterback do what he did last night? You seen Tom Brady ever do that? You ever seen him do John that? Elway. John Elway. I watched John Elway do it. John Elway is 6'5", 240, and he did it in the end zone to win a Super Bowl. Come on, man. Tua is a frail commodity right now. He's ready to I know, to but, go- but the idea, you got guys like me, and I assume you, is that he's made of glass. And he's saying, I'm not afraid. If I'm going to have a long career in this league, I'm going to have to prove that I'm not afraid. And he's going to have to make adjustments. But most of the time that he's injured, JB, is not because of this. In fact, I don't think there's one time that he's been injured by going headfirst in his safety. He's injured taking hits in the pocket. His hip injury, his ankle injury, his head injury, all of these are standing in the pocket. 
So if you got a head injury that's un- unrivaled in football right now, uh, you're going to go head first. Uh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I know you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but <laughs> now you're a doctor, and this is an unrivaled head injury, according to Jason Brown. Continue, please. <laughs> well, it is, it is. As far as what we've seen, we've never seen a cat get removed like that. We've never seen a what? cat get removed. What? Two weeks in a row. JV. No. Oh. When have you seen a guy get taken out? I saw Ryan DeShazier get carried off the field and never be able to return. Come on, man. Guys been getting knocked out on the field forever. I'm not talking about Stingley and these guys. I'm talking about a quarterback getting hit in the head and being taken off and being put back in the game. We've never seen that. That's what I'm talking about. Not Stingley. JDB, yes, we have. For you just 40 years we in saw In the it. 70s and 80s, it happened all the time. Okay. Now, but I know. Those cats returned, right? Come on, right? man. They returned, right? Huh? They returned. For 40 to- years, we said, hey, you're good. Here's some smelling, smelling salts. Salt. Get back on out there. Yeah, that's my era. I played that. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying now. These guys now, not us, not our era. We're talking about head injuries, JB. We're talking about head injuries. They don't change over the years. No, you're you're, all right. Let me let me back up. You must have me mistaken. I'm saying in this new generation, this new era of head trauma, CTE, all this crap with the doctor on the sideline telling you the player. Crap is the key word there. Crap is the key word. This whole myth that they've got you believing. Because look, if these head injuries were as bad. Every former NFL quarterback that played more than five years in the NFL in the 60s, 70s, and 80s would all have dementia. They'd all be have CTE, but they don't. Uh, oh, they don't. With, Terry Bradshaw's on TV right now. Yeah, I say this every day on my show. I don't believe in that crap. I don't believe in it at all. If you were, well, then why are you arguing the opposite right now? No, no, no. You don't understand what I'm saying. Since we started with this doctor on the sideline thing, Tua is the first and most on podcast situation like this. I'm not talking about when we played. Hell yeah. Troy Aikman got banged and got eight concussions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about right now being looked at with this new CTE thing. Tua is the most recognized new booty, so to speak, in this whole thing. That is what I'm talking about. Not Don't get it twisted about the old stuff. I don't believe in this CTE crap either. Trust me. I'm a victim of it. <laughs> Come on now. I'm talking about the new era of football. The new era of football. Tua is the do, new. Do you, JB, help me out here. Do you agree that just because there are doctors on the sideline, that doesn't change that the guys on the team need to see the attitude of the quarterback and that he's not going to be intimidated? That's important. Yeah, but you do that, you do that in the pocket with some smarts. Like, you're not leading the team. The pocket's where he gets hurt, though. The, the, the play that I'm talking about is the one that Chris Collinsworth last night said, hey, it was hard to watch that one, but they're up by six points. And he didn't get the first down, but it was in the fourth quarter trying to sustain a drive that would have won them the game. That's the specific play that I'm talking about. He went head first, came up short, but to me that said, all right, this guy's not worried about getting, getting carried off yeah. on a stretcher. I'm not, I'm and not that I loved. I'm not talking about that play at all. I'm talking about the two plays in the first two, three drives when he drops his shoulder and he goes he goes head first. He, they are an undefeated football team with two at quarterback, guys. Let's be clear here. They're an undefeated football team with two at quarterback. They have not won a game without Tua. Why are you putting your team in jeopardy? Availability is the key here. You're not available. We lost games. You're available. We're winning games. Let's stay available. Let's be smart here, and let's be let's earn our guys' respect in the pocket, taking a chin shot, throwing a touchdown, not running around head first when you already have an issue. That is my point. All right, let's let's move off the head the head injury angle and just. I thought after the first quarter, I wasn't impressed with Tua as a passer the rest of the game. He got away. He threw about three interceptions that they dropped. It was the most uh, dropped interceptions in the NFL this season. I'm not sure he looked all that good after the first quarter. 
I'm not a Tua believer, so I I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't believe the guy's going to be very. He's not going to be around very long as a big time. He's going to be a journeyman backup for a long time in this league. I can tell you that right now. Look at that. I mean, these balls are bad behind. Luckily, Waddle don't break his arm right there. So like, there is some bad footballs being thrown out here into coverage. And now we can all say, well, Coach JB, this is game one back after four weeks or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. But he doesn't look much different than he has all year long besides the late fade balls that he throws to Tyreek Hill that if Tyreek Hill had any other quarterback throwing him the ball would probably have scored twice yesterday. He beat the coverage so badly. The balls are so badly underthrown. So I'm not a Tua guy or a believer in Tua as far as being long-lived in this league as a quarterback or a high echelon quarterback, to say the least. So uh, I don't ever think he looks great, ever. So he's just one of the many bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and we have a ton of them. And we can go on and on and on about how bad these guys are in the NFL right now. Well, uh, Dak Prescott wins 24-6, to I believe, against the Detroit Lions. Are you ready to admit that he's an upgrade over Cooper Rush? Hell no. Cooper Rush is going to be trending again this week. Just watch. So you just played the worst defense in football, by the way. The number one worst-ranked defense in football are the Detroit Lions, led by Aaron Glenn, who should have been fired weeks ago. And now MDC is going to end up being fired because he won't he won't fire his homeboy, Aaron Glenn, which is why you shouldn't be head coach. Head coaches are very, very, uh, you know, you're, you're only head coaches in this league because you make tough decisions like any leader does. These guys want to hold on to their boys, man. They're going to cost them their job. Detroit, hard knocks. We love it. We love the story. We love all the cool guys and everything. They are one in five, the worst team in football once again, and they have a horrible defense. And you just put up 24 points on a horrible defense when the New England Patriots, whose OC is a defensive coach, put up 40 on them. So, like, let's 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 rationalize this and calm down. Uh, Dak Prescott looked absolutely atrocious in the first half. They led nine to six. He threw about four balls, four feet over people's heads, wide open. Nobody wants to talk about that. He was 68% pass completion in the first half. Six balls be thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage. So people don't break down football like I do. They don't understand. Oh, he's 68%. Look at the balls. Look at the passes. He also missed every defensive throw into the teeth of defense. He missed every single significant ball yesterday that I saw. So now that I have NFL film, I'm going to be breaking it down on my show every day. I can't wait to get into Dak. I can't wait to get into these guys that all call me a hater and all that. Well, I'm going to start showing you the truth teller, JB, here real shortly. And the eye in the sky don't lie, Jason. It don't. Hey, Jason, let me ask you something real quick before you move on. If, if, yep. if, if you were on here and you came up with this factual evidence and you said, listen, man, Biden just put his nose on the back of this baby's head. We saw it. It's live. Can you deny that we saw it or not? No, you saw it, right? We called it out. Yeah. Why am I the hater, Jason, when I show you actual film? It's factual evidence that Lamar Jackson completed nine footballs yesterday, that Dak Prescott overthrew <laughs> five passes yesterday. Like, why am I the hater now all of a sudden when I'm showing you actual evidence, factual evidence, that the eye in the sky don't lie? It, are we watching guys – uh, smash and grab in Nordstrom every day. Isn't it on camera? We can't deny Kareem Hunt cocking back and hitting a female, can we? So why are we denying the fact that when I break film down, I'm a hater? I, I just want to throw that out there for you and break that down because no one seems to understand that I'm such a hater, but I'm showing you live evidence of what's happening. And I, I just can't fathom it. I had to bring it up, man. And I wish ESPN would bring it up, but they won't. Uh, I was not going to ask you about Lamar, but he did uh, lead them to a, what, a three-point victory uh, against Cleveland. Uh, and and I, I did see your tweets where, you know, you think they're auditioning him as a running back. They had Mark <laughs> Andrews pitching the ball on a sweep. They went for a lot of yards. Uh, what, he went 9 of 16, I think? 
he actually ran the ball more times than he actually completed passes, but they won. Uh, yeah. SJB, Justin Tucker led him to another victory. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, the eye in the sky don't lie. I mean, we're haters, though, but we're showing actual film that happened. Like, how was that a hater? Like, let me ask you this, Jason. I, I, I'm really interested. This is how bad I think we are in society. I truly believe if Nick Saban went on Twitter and said, you know what, X, Y, Z happened, this is why it happened, boom. I believe people on Twitter are going to tell him, you're a liar, Coach Saban. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. That is how bad I think we are on social media, and that is the truth. I just think people want to talk to talk. They know nothing. They know absolutely nothing, and I believe that's true. I think if Saban had a Twitter they would question him too. So I'm, I feel better at night when I go to sleep. All right, let, let's end on this note, JB. Uh, I want to ask you about two quarterbacks we don't spend a lot of time talking with you about, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, both struggling. Uh, who, who recovers this season, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Man, I, this is interesting. I talked about it on my show this morning. Uh, I got a question back to you before I answer that. Is this the new era? Is Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady era completely done? Is it over with? Are we in the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow uh, generation? Is that official? Are you ready to say that's a go? Are we ready to move into that generation? I don't know yet if I can say it because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the probably the NFL's best center away from solidifying that O-line. You don't know how big and crucial a center is in the NFL. Jensen being out for the Bucks all year has really, really hurt that O-line. When he comes back, which he will, I believe they have enough skill that the Bucks can actually turn it around in a really, really bad division. I think the Bucs can get in the playoffs because they can win, which are tied right now with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that can happen. On the other side, the, the Packers are not catching Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings are superior to their roster. I believe they are the team to beat. I said this on your show. I've said it on mine. I think I, I predicted Minnesota to win that division hands down. Green Bay has really, really screwed Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways. I would, I would be demanding a trade if, like, like all these other soft cats if I was Aaron Rodgers. I, I give him more credit than people give him because he hasn't demanded a trade, even though we brought it up one year. He deserves a trade. Like, that roster is bad, and they've given him no weapons. And for what he's won two MVPs for, in the last three years with no wideouts – is a is a is a is a actual is a, is a travesty, man. It's really bad that they've drafted love, they've drafted nobodies, and what he's done with nobodies and winning MVPs is probably you know historic. Uh, Tom Brady's done it with a great roster, won a Super Bowl away from Belichick. Uh, he's 46, 45. I mean. He's on his way out. He's starting to look like the world's on his shoulders from either personal business, uh, him and his wife and all that stuff that I don't care about or know about. I just go and judge you off what are you doing on the field. He looks bad around a bad play calling offense with a head coach that does not ever need to be a head coach. And it's unfortunate. He's clearly a coordinator. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Why does it got to be Tom Bowles and Tom Bowles' fault? When Tom Brady has set the tone, he's not all in. How you, you and TJ yeah. blaming Todd Bowles. No, no, we're just acknowledging yeah. that he's a bad coach. It's still Tom's let, fault. Let me ask you this. You think Bruce Arians wouldn't have gotten Tom Brady's ass the last few years? It's, it's on record. Bruce Arians gets in Tom Brady's behind. Bowles has it. So guess what? You lost the locker room when you don't talk to the head of the, che the, head of the thing. If you can't get to the head and the leader – and you can't MF him in front of your peers, you ain't got your locker room. Those guys don't even challenge Tom Brady. Bruce Arians challenged Tom Brady. That's probably why and Bruce Arians... And got fired. And uh, got kicked upstairs for the for doing it. <laughs> he didn't get fired a year after winning a Super Bowl, man. He stepped down. He got the hell out of there. He knew what was happening. He don't want to deal with these... come on. He don't want to deal with Bruce you Arians would love to be coaching this team. You think Bruce Arians got fired a year after winning the Super Bowl, a play away from going to two Super Bowls in a row? 
Come on, man. Yeah. You know you can see that. He got away from these Bra- soft. He got away from being around Did these it- soft kids. Nah, he the 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 ownership group knew that the key to the next Super Bowl wasn't Bruce Arians, it was Tom Brady, and Tom made him pick. So you go with Bowles, the guy's never been a head coach? <laughs> I didn't say that. He's been a head coach. <laughs> He's been a head coach. Oh man, he, he looks like a fish out of water out there. And you know what? I I understand it. Like He's one of what four brothers coaching as a head coach. You got to take the job. Don't turn it down. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm saying you have to threaten and pressure the quarterback, especially a hall of famer like Tom Brady as the head coach. I have not seen it once and you have lost that team. You're not saying he's a bad head coach. His record is he's 29 and 45. Yeah, the truth hurts. <laughs> Again, the truth hurts. I know it's right. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, man. He's not for this job. He's a defensive coordinator. Bruce Arians yeah. left. And a good he one. should have brought the head coach in. Bowles should have stayed as the D.C. Which sucks because I love Todd Bowles. JB, uh, sorry we couldn't bring you out here for the cookout, uh, but I got to let you go because we got to head to this cookout we're hosting tonight. Uh, you've done hey. a great job as always. Said a bunch of stuff I disagree with, a bunch of stuff I find entertaining. A typical JB performance. Great job. Hey, send me a, pre- a private jet, man. I'll be there tonight. <laughs> See well, you, JB. Got a better Bye. chance of me sending you a plate of food. Uh, <laughs> I'll overnight it on FedEx. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, that's tomorrow. That means we'll see you at the cookout. Freedom came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation. We all just wanna have freedom. Sitting on the corner, never been alone. I'm breaking my back for freedom. Bless, we are living, get back. We are receiving, all receiving. We all wanna be free. We want freedom. I just wanna, I wanna be, I just wanna, I wanna be, I just wanna, I wanna be, I just wanna.